Soul Inspired Leadership's latest podcast. And today, I'm quite excited, I have a guest with me today, Danessa Knapp. Now, to everyone, Danessa is an executive coach dedicated to shifting the global conversation on leadership. And that's why she's on. She talks my language. She has supported executives across every major industry and has developed a reputation as a candid, compassionate, and courageous leadership partner. And I might add, she's very enthusiastic and passionate. That's, that comes across on our podcast. Uh, and she is, she's a very compassionate, courageous leader, leadership partner. Uh, she's the author of the best-selling leadership manual, Naked at Work, as a leader's guide to fearless authenticity. And that's so spot on. Because quite often when you're authentic, you quite feel as though you're very naked. It's just, you're out there. It does. Um, That's the reason yeah, for the title. I know. It's a good title. And she regularly addresses C-suite audiences on how to harness the power of real authenticity, not authentic, not authenticity to drive, no, not, what have I got? I'm just, I'm reading something here, guys, and you all know my, my eyesight's not brilliant. But, it's um, not hashtag authenticity, so it's ah, not the authenticity it. you see on Instagram. Yeah, it's, real, gritty it's real gritty authenticity. Uh, that's what it meant. I just thought I was reading the wrong thing there. And <laughs> to drive measurable business results. And and to me, that's the key. And that's the reason why I had, um, we're, we're, we're chatting tonight uh, or today, depending on what time zone you're in. It's about, it's just about leadership. And we both have a passion for it. So I'm not going to whack a title on here. Let's just chat. So Sounds and great. let's look at around on the basis of, of authenticity. Which um, I have another good friend, Kimberly Davis, who always says it's brave leadership. Either way, you're being very brave to be authentic. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you, think, yeah, you, I, you go I, ahead, Vanessa. I was just going to say, um, I, I'm first. I'm super glad to be here, Ross. So thank you for having me. My pleasure. And I think that um, courage isn't something we talk about enough in leadership. We talk about it in big, sweeping movements, right? That's when probably, something yeah. enormous happens. But really, the great leaders I have witnessed and worked with and been privileged enough to work for in my career have been brave in small ways every day. And right. that courage becomes really important. And, and you're right, actually, and quite often the bravery is when no one knows you're being brave. Right, it, right. You're just, you're just doing stuff and no one really knows that. Yeah. Well, and I think everyone who's listening today who has thought something in their head but not said it in a meeting or taken the deep breath and said it knows what that feels like. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Very true, but yeah, it is... It's something that, I don't know, it's, it's that cross between do you listen to yourself, your inner self, or do you listen to all the noise and chatter around you and try to fulfil other expectations? And that can yeah. be from staff, friends, bosses, boards, you name it. 
Yeah. Or, or are you staying true to your inner self? And that's, that's the key. That's the authenticity bit. Right, right. And being willing to understand when things have shifted or I, I think for me, it's almost a dance on that, Ross, on sometimes leaders need to be really grounded with their own internal compass. And in fact, right. in the studies on authenticity, one of the defining characteristics that they've measured academically authenticity and leadership is that um, a defined internalized moral perspective. And I write about that in the book. But I think there's another side of that, which is it balances with being open to new information, being open to when the world changes That's or right. your environment changes. And so leaders are in this constant balancing act between staying true to themselves, but open to new information to allow that to influence or explore or um, enable them to think about their position and consider whether it's still valid for them. Yeah, I agree. And that actually some of that um, comes back to your well, it comes back to your soul, your inner self, but it comes back to the values that you have. And it's not it's not, not necessarily you're changing your value, but whatever the openness to new data and new space, as long as that aligns to your value, then you're okay. But when exactly. the misalignment happens, that's when you start compromising yourself. Right. At the, right. At, at, and your, and yeah. that... You know, often I talk to leaders about, um, I do a series of assessments in my executive coaching work, and I talk to leaders about really exploring their own values. And that always starts, Ross, with the idea of sort of, I know what my values are, I don't need to explore them. But we don't spend a lot of time really understanding how powerful is that value versus another. How often yeah. does it drive your choice? Yeah. We have all hold some values that if we're with other people who don't hold those values, that's okay with us. We can still be friends. And then there are some values we hold that that's absolutely not okay that the people closest with us wouldn't also hold that. Yeah. And so yeah. I think you're right. Really being in uh, a state of awareness or dialogue with yourself about what your values are and how they relate to each other and how they show up in your work is critically important. It's, it's, like, it's like you have inner values and outer values in, mm -hmm. in some ways. With some of the real critical values, that, that to me, that's the real deep core. And then right. you have other ones that, that, that are open to, um, to change or at least some sort of um, manoeuvrability in your, in your mind. But also I've come across some people who said, yes, I know my values, but when... But when when you have a deep and meaningful with them and you actually reach their soul, they look at me and they go, nah, it's not my value. See, yeah. they thought it, they thought they had an expectation. That's my value because that's what other people expected their values to be. Exactly. But when you, when you really get close to them and attach them, they really look and I've had one or two look me in the eye and I say, yeah, that's not my value. You're right. This, this is my real value. This is really where I'm at. Right. It's, I think it's interesting. Yeah. That's the power of that introspection is it allows you to choose. You know, years ago when I was beginning on this personal journey, I did this same assessment. And one of the values that came back was my value of, in the U.S. and, and, and Australia and other countries, the dollar. Appreciating uh, that money was really important to me. And I looked at that and I thought, you know what? That isn't mine. Yeah, My mother yeah. was raised poor <laughs> yeah. and 
I inherited that value. You inherited that. And so it, it enabled me to look at it and think, I have carried that with me for some time, but I can put it down now. Yeah. I understand where I get it from, and I, I choose not to have that drive. And that's not to say, you know, I'm out, uh, you you're know. Not, you're with, purely altruistic, with, that's right. Right, with my one T-shirt and, and feeding the masses, <laughs> although altruism is a high value for me. But it allowed me, it released me from a value that I had grown up with yep. as critically important and allowed me to choose intentionally whether that was a value I wanted to carry forward. Yes, it becomes a conscious, uh, a conscious decision right. uh, rather than just an assumption that that's the value when it may be not be. And that's, that's true. And I, I was smiling when you're saying that because I know someone quite well who, has this, who went through the similar journey like, yeah. about that inner uh, perspective on money for the same reasons. So, it's, yeah, just put a smile on the face. But, right, it, it's, uh, it's um, to me... M- Values just like your moral compass, but it just underpins what you do. Right. Um, and it's just as, and it, to me, executives need to need to connect with that regularly, not bury it and then connect once every three months. To me, that's part of your reflection uh, on a daily daily basis. You sit back, take time, a bit of meditation, just to reflect on how you see things going. But it also enables you when you start taking a few deep breaths, a bit of mindfulness, sort of. Um, behavior helps you connect with the inner self and keeps you attuned to those values. Right. Because you're learning to shut out the noise. That's it. Exactly. Well, and I tell my clients, I ask them to participate in a bit of uh, a pause practice. So five minutes a day yep. when clients are working with me uh, and we aim for five days a week. And I tell them, you know, this may balance your chi it may make you a more enlightened person, but that actually isn't my goal as your coach. My goal is that you understand physically in your body what a pause feels like, that yes. you're not uncomfortable in a pause. Yes. Because what we know is that until we are comfortable in a pause, we respond out of habit. We respond out of reflex. And when leaders are working with a coach trying to learn new things, as you well know, Ross, Mm. if they're moving too fast, they're going to respond the way they've always responded. And so the reason I ask clients to stop and do a bit of mindfulness is just so that they know what it feels like to not be moving forward, to not be aggressively taking in information, to not be multitasking. That's right. Yep. To sit and wait and wait if they don't know the answer or wait for more new information or wait to understand the bigger and better idea that is behind the first. And that's a practice we all can do. You know, we mistake discomfort as something to be solved when often, as, and I talk about this in the book, discomfort can be very productive. It can be. And but, yeah, very understanding true. when we're in that space is important. That's right. When you... Sometimes, like a lot, of, we often do. We there is a space in our life, and we immediately look to how to fill the void. Okay. So sometimes think, space is important. Yeah. Exactly, and I think for us uh, globally, as we navigate, we're, as we record this, we are in the middle of the global pandemic, and I'm not sure of your production times, Ross. Yeah, so it'll still. Be, I, I suspect it'll still be in the middle. Of the right, exactly. I, I don't think this is a flash in the pan, uh, but. Uh, 
I think what's been so interesting is to understand what leaders are fighting for maintenance. What leaders are fighting for a return, quote unquote, to normalcy. And what leaders are thinking, my, how can I contribute with my unique skills, product, or gifts? How can I contribute to this new and changed world? And I think it, the pause can make a big difference in that. Because if yeah. we're just trying to return to an equilibrium that's gone, that's a lot of energy that we're not going to get back versus sitting back and thinking, well, let me give myself a minute. Let me give myself a minute to honor what this means for me, to honor what I would have been doing, and now to explore what's possible in this environment. Yes, that's, I agree. It's a, I often find myself saying, just shut the door right. and just tell people, just shut off for five minutes. It doesn't have to be long, but you don't have to be open to everything and receiving everything at every given point in time. You need to control what you, when you pull, where you put your energy. You take your energy within or you take it out, but you need to control it, not being a reflection of everyone else's energy. And that's the, um, yeah, that's, and it's easier said than done with some people, I must admit, but it's, but when they do it, they can really master uh, decision making, um, uh, the right decision making because it's more consistent. See, the more, the more you're, with, you're being true to your inner self, you're consistent. Is when you bring in data from the outside, that's data come, coming from every port, from every different opinion, every different mind. But if it's coming from you, there's only one you, so therefore it's consistent. Right. And to exactly. me, that's what leadership's about, consistency. Well, and I think we forget, too, that our resources as leaders are not unlimited. That's right. Yeah. So Mark Manson wrote a book with a pretty vulgar, hilarious title, so I won't say it on the podcast, but we'll use the word fig in place. <laughs> but... The the uh, the art subtle art of not giving a fig is Mark Manson's book, and in it he postulates that we have a limited number of figs to give. Mm-hmm. So you choose. You can give them all in the morning to things you don't care about. Yeah. Or you can decide I'm going to let that roll, and it's not worth the investment of my energy. My mother. Who knew? But my mother was a leader in that philosophy when she would look over her shoulder in the back seat in the car and tell my sister and I, you don't each need to attend every fight the other invites you to. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, that brings back memories. <laughs> you know, you could if you know that middle child was inviting yeah. people to fights all day long. Yeah, uh, and it depends on whether you return that RSVP on whether or not the day is going to take a left turn into into. Uh, darkness <laughs> that's true very true yes but that's yeah, that's right it's um like it's it's all about uh, as i keep keep saying and it's not and it's all about about that consistency and that and that saying true to yourself and which i've repeated about 20 times now in this podcast but i just can't say it enough um and and what the, the joy i have is when when people realize Oh, I get that, and they start and they start doing it, and it's so much more um, free. They become more freedom because it's just, they just feel better in themselves because they're now being themselves rather than at everyone's beck and call. And it, it's like a just oh, that they're let out of jail in a mental in a mental way. 
Well, I think in, in the book, Naked at Work, one of the things I noticed in my work with clients is there are some who think, I don't know what that self is, or I'm not sure what uh, that that self is well suited for what we're doing here. Yes, yes. And so one of the things we walk through in the book is how do you get an accurate picture of yourself? Strengths and opportunities. How do you let go of the stories you tell yourself about you and take a frank, practical look at where you are and begin from there? And that has often been a struggle for folks is they have a historical story about themselves that isn't relevant anymore. That's right. When we say be true to yourself on a podcast like this, they think, well, not myself, not the person who acts. Hell no. If I was myself, but, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am today. Like, or, right. Or, or they're just a version of their parents or they're it, this or they're that. It's just Exactly. Yeah. And so the book really walks through how do you, the first part of the book is how do you acknowledge that all people are welcome in the leadership space and then really choose the best version of yourself to move forward with? Because we get to choose. You know, we believe there are facts that are immutable about who we are. And actually, there may be. We can measure your height and your weight on any given day, and those are facts. But the rest of you is all very subject to your own choice, to what you bring forward, to how you think about positioning yourself authentically, to the voice you listen to inside, to what your soul is saying. And when you start to align around that, there is, there is a best you, a victory hero that emerges. Um, and that, yeah. if you can key and bring that person forward and then allow that person to lead, real magic happens when I've witnessed people do that. And that's right. And actually, while you're saying that, I was thinking about someone I was coaching not, not that long ago, but it's probably the reverse um, this person was be, was quite successful, rising to the top in in different ways. A uh, bit of a, uh, a to and fro journey, but he but he was at quite the top of his tree in his uh, relative subsidiary company. He was at global reach, uh, many employees, and he wasn't performing that well. So I had to spend some time with him. And the interesting thing there is, he was getting there based on all this other drive other people's perspectives, what he thought he needed to be. And he didn't like, he didn't like leading people anyway, but he was there because that's what he thought the expectation was. So he got there, but, but it was so much pressure, he was leading badly. So it's, it took a couple of months, but he finally, and he tried really hard to be better, but he just looked me in the eye one day when, and, and after, there again, reaching soul, and he looked at me and said, you know what, I don't even like leading people. Yeah. And I said, well, that's your role here. So now you've got a choice. What are you going to do? So he rang up his, the CEO of the overall global group and said he wanted out. So they put him back to his old job where he had to start at one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I th- he, he just, and, and acknowledging that that's okay. I know. That and he, he was deliberately He wrote me an email about six months later to thank me profusely because he said, I feel so much freer. I, I, no, I have no more pressure on me. I'm relaxed. 
all these, and I'm, I feel happy because I'm true to myself. Yeah. And that's, and so I was so happy with that. But there again, to, to make a decision at the level he was making it at, took a lot of bravery to be true to yourself because he had a lot of people, what are you doing that for? And all the, you know, all the judgments and assessments of him. But he did it and he, he just never regretted it for one minute. Yeah. He's 45 That's- year old and he never regretted it, right? So. Right. So he um, he didn't like being naked at work, if you know what I mean. He, yeah. He was yeah. okay being naked in his office when he suddenly realised he shouldn't be there. Yeah. But that's that's okay. And he was then naked to the world because he actually looked people in the eye and says, "I don't like doing this. That's why I'm getting out." Right. It took a lot. It took a lot of bravery, a lot of guts to do that. They say in Australia, a lot of guts. Right. But, yeah. There's so, that uh, fable about uh, the man who's on the beach and he sees a fisherman and the fisherman's walking back with his day's catch and he's setting up and he's cooking it. And the man who's on vacation watching this says, you know, oh my goodness, this is delicious. And what if you got yourself a bigger boat? You could have more fish and you could have another restaurant. And what if you had a team of boats? Then you could have a team of restaurants And what if you had a team of boats and a team of restaurants and a distribution channel and you could get that fish all over and everyone could eat this delicious fish and you would be a millionaire and then you could retire and then you could be on the beach all day. (laughs) And the fisherman looks at him and says, I am on the beach all day. (laughs) Exactly right. (laughs) And I think sometimes we ascribe to other people's desires or or looks or ideas of what things should be. That's right. And that's the opening chapter in the book is leaders come in all shapes and sizes. Don't fool yourself into thinking there's one mold for leadership. I agree. Yes, I agree. Well, it, I just... Are just a subset of who we need. Yeah, that's right. We need all kinds of people. Yeah. Well, on that note, because I see the time now, um, thank you very much, Vanessa. And... I'll have the link in the podcast notes to better purchase your book, which was released this month or last month. I can't remember. It was released uh, on March 24th. March, uh, March 24th. Well, there you go. I was, I was only a week out. I knew it was around now. It was released on March 24th. So we'll put the link to um, buy your book and purchase your book. And it's Naked at Work, A Leader's Guide to Fearless Authenticity and and I think a lot of good value in it. Uh, well, thank you so much, Ross. It's been my pleasure to be here. I really appreciate yeah, it. I enjoyed having a chat. We could have talked for hours, I think, but we, we <laughs> need to stop it now. <laughs> so, look, you have, a good, you have a good day. Thank you. And uh, thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Soul Inspired Leaderships podcast. So Bye, Good. Take care.